Blog Talk Radio. Tennis, Mr. Chuck Reese. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to get in the game. And good morning and welcome back to American Tennis. This is Coach Chuck Creasy. And folks, we have had a bit of a break in the summer here with camps and all of the recruiting and everything coaches do. And my golly, my wife's telling me we got to cut down the summer activities. I don't know how you do that in tennis, but we're going to try next summer. I am not doing camps anymore. I announced that's my last summer camps after 43 summers, total tennis training camps, 43 summers is a fantastic run. I had over 17,000 children over the years. I figured at my camps, uh, around the country at Clemson and everywhere I've done them. Uh, I'm very, very proud of that, that time. And, uh, wow, looking back on it, I do not know if I would have done that again. Uh, um, just all of the things that happened from day to day to day, lots of good happened. I'm so, I was so moved by our great camp we had, our last one in Sumter, South Carolina. And the kids we had there and the training and the coaches, and it, it was a great send-off for a just a great run, and I'm so proud. Heck, on it. You know, I've put my boys through college, three of my boys through college. I've got three more to go. I've got six children. But tennis hitting a fuzzy ball over the net. Tennis been very good to me. I tell you what, it's it's been a fantastic run with the with the camp. So now I'm full time college coaching uh, during the year, and then the recruiting in the summer. But folks, a couple things to announce. I'm going to be riding a lot more. Um, you can get my book, by the way, coaching tennis, coaching tennis now for tennis books, over 40,000 out there. Been, and that is a lot for tennis. That's a lot. It's uh, total tennis training and coaching tennis, which was the bridge from coaching uh, total tennis training uh, is just continuing to do well. And folks, if you want copies of, Coaching Tennis, go to Amazon and look it up under me, Coaching Tennis. That's the book you want for your kids. 
That's the book you want for your high school teams. That's the book that continues to sell well. And uh, I've gotten feedback from all over the country. I mean, all over the world, really, from Southeast Asia, India. Golly, I had a fella, South African, top South African player and coach have used my book. And, and, and uh, I'm just very, very proud of it. So Amazon, go there for coaching tennis. You can also get my other books. Total Tennis Training was my first, the one I hand wrote back in 1988, and then Winning Tennis, Youth Tennis, and then, of course, I've done over the years, helped Coach Sam Black, Sam Blackman there at Clemson and done some books on Clemson sports history, but the tennis books, the four of them. So proud of the Total Tennis Training, too. It was printed in, in Japanese, and we got to go over and do a tour back in the 90s there. And uh, so it's 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 been a good one. But co- coaching tennis continues to move on. Folks, I'm also going to be doing my T3 certification programs for coaches. And um, we'll give you more about that. We're going to have a C, uh, T3 total tennis training certification you know, over Christmas break, probably in Marietta, Georgia. We'll see how that comes around, but I'll keep you up more on that. But back uh, – Back to the radio program. Folks, every week you, you can get the program uh, at the uh, We Coach Tennis, uh, the Yellow Ball Network. But also, folks, go to www.chuckcreasy.net, K-R-I-E-S-E, chuckcreasy.net, and you can keep up with my writings. I'm going to be writing a whole bunch more now since I've gotten off the road some. But we are back, and this is our first show of – Let's see, 13, 14, 14, 15, 16, 17. This is the start of our sixth year. Sixth year. We've completed five years now of American tennis. So, so very proud in the hundreds of shows we've done uh, probably in five years. Let's figure that out. Can I do my math here? Over 250 shows, over 250 broadcasts. Go back and get them at Chuck Creasy. Dot net and you can you can see so today um, let me let me tell you a, a quick story here first of all during this last five or six weeks I've been to a lot of tournaments I've seen a lot of junior events and I continue to talk to people about tennis and I try to find what's going on in the tennis hotspots and uh, everyone's a little bit panicky you know I I, I went down to Florida and then saw this hot spot for this uh, pickleball stuff going on, and the person was telling, oh, my golly, can't get people to play tennis. Oh, my golly, can't get people to play tennis. And then um, I've talked to, I talked to so many coaches, but I, I'm, I don't uh, – here, look, all of us need to get over the negative stuff. Tennis is going to be around a lot longer after you and I are gone. It is a fantastic game. It is the – Best game, the toughest game. It was started, do you know, it started 149 years ago. 149 years. The, the history and the heritage and the traditions are so deep and so good. A couple fads are not going to change it, but we got to get to work. And I wanted to start out by telling you a quick story. One time, uh, well, I, I, I love to fish. I love to go to the mountains, and I love to fish. And... Um, it's it's interesting how when you start out any kind of fishing, trout fishing, or your little kid, um, you know, with just a you know a hook and a worm on it, and you throw it into the lake, 
or you go out fishing in the ocean, <coughs> by the way, that is, um, you know, probably, <laughs> of course, that, that, that's a, quite a different deal. But I heard from a wise, wise man back when I was in college and went fishing. He said, son, don't ever forget that 90% of the fish are in 10% of the river. And uh, you've got to figure out where the 90% of the fish are at. Trout fishermen know this. They know how to look at a river. They'll look at it. They'll look at the eddies and the, the, the rapids and the, the little pond, uh, pools of water, and they'll go, they'll go right to where they know where the fish are. Then they present the bait, the right bait in the right way, and they catch their limits. <laughs> and it's embarrassing if you've been on a trout stream with a good trout fisherman. It's quite embarrassing because... You'll throw and throw and throw your line out, and you won't. You'll be doing something probably very minutely small. That if you just do it a little bit different, uh, it would make a difference. And then the the good trout fisherman is pulling out one after another after another. And with experience, you start to learn that yes, that's so true. But I've never forgotten that the wise fisherman told me that 90% of the fish are in 10% of the river. I believe we've been fishing for tennis players in the wrong places. Program today is let's awaken our tennis sleeping giants. What are they? We've got five of them I'm going to go over today, and then we're going to have a few call-ins and talk to coaches about some different things. But I want to get going with uh, with this. because and I, I, want to, I want to make you all aware of this. Look, it, we are all in this together, and we all need to take action, stay with what's going on, stand up, speak out. I always tell you, address issues, not people. You can say just about anything you want. If you address issues, not people, and you don't get vulgar, if you stay professional, address issues, not people, you're in business. But, folks, we're all in it. And here is our problem. Whenever you have bureaucracies, whether it's USTA, the ITA, or any of the big bureaucracies, whether it's the federal government, most of us out there, you and I, and the coaches, the players, and the parents of the players, we hang out, breathe air, occupy space, and hope that they fix it. Please, we hope they fix it. USTA, please fix it. ITA, please do a better job. Fix it. And, and what? The federal government, oh, fix it for us. And what we have to do is get over this notion that somebody else is going to take care of it. We've got to take care of our circle of influence. Our circle of concern is a big one. We've got a big circle of, infl- uh, of concern out there with the sport of tennis. Yeah, we're down in the dumps. Right people aren't playing. We haven't had an American champion in years and years and years, have we? On the women's side, we've had the Venus and Serena but others, other than that, we've had one or two, one or two champions in the past 20 years. In the men's side, gosh, it's been 16 years now, 64 tries without a USA champion. Isner made a great run this year. Great job, great job for the, the wonderful, fantastic champion that we have there. What guts, what heart. He's a good role model for all of us. But other than Isner, not. 
you know, we don't we don't have a, a Nadal or a Federer or a Djokovic or a Murray coming up, do we? So what's going on? What do we need to do? How do we fix it? All of it is up to you and me. So I'm going to be addressing sleeping giants. There's five of them. Five sleeping giants in American tennis. And I will. We'll, we're going to be right back in a minute, and we'll talk about that. And as Coach Chuck Creasy, look, folks, go to chuckcreasy.net, K-R-I-E-S-E, and you can get all my writings. You can see about my books. Folks, they've been out there for a long time, but the Coaching Tennis book is a tennis bestseller. Also, stay tuned for our T3 Total Tennis Training Certification Programs. If you're interested in coaching and getting some mentoring and coaching, go to chuckcreasy.net, and the information will be there. Help that youngster in front of you. We need everybody in tune and working hard. into areas where we're going to get some results. And I really believe that probably has been the mistake of our some of our leadership. But, folks, we all have to take the blame if tennis is in a little bit in trouble. You and I are responsible. You and I. Every, every one of us are responsible. Um, I want to give you a little tease. Next week I'm going to have a lady on that in the Charleston area has done as much as anybody I've seen to get kids going, and, and just some of the things that she has done has is, is been fantastic. But uh, I, I'm just so impressed by the work being done by one individual, um, and uh, we need these people out there that are giving and giving and, and putting uh, their time in. And, yeah, look, tennis, the, the problem with tennis people is everybody – not everybody, but a lot of people have big egos. They want to be recognized. They want, they're hoping that tennis gives them an elevator to some kind of spotlight for a short time. But, um, you know, the, the problem we, we need is we need teachers and servants out there that are going to start giving to other people. Where do we start? Okay, here we go. 
Top five sleeping giants are number one. Said it before, I'll say it again, and I'll continue to repeat it. The largest sleeping giant in the United States of America for tennis are high school programs. Ten high school tennis, the infrastructure is there. We have people in place. They have teams. They have structure. They have competitions. And it is a dead, right now, it is dead and dying. That's, that's the, as kind as, I can, kind as I can be. It's dead and dying. Every high school program, no, 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 not every. There's some fantastic programs in Texas. Texas, their situation out there, what they do is fantastic with their high school programs. And, uh, oh, gosh, years ago, I've, I've been out three or four times to speak at their high school coaches' conferences and things. Oh, my golly, it's, it's fantastic. But coaches are engaged. Uh, they have great leadership. They have great seminars. A lot of wonderful things happen. But the biggest thing Texas has going for it, the players want to play high school tennis because they do a great hybrid format of team matches in the fall for a short period of time. And then the rest of the year, you know, all through the spring semester, they work on player development with tournament tennis, with tournament tennis. But uh, let me backtrack here a little bit. There's no reason in the world high school tennis should not attract the best players. There's no reason in the world high school tennis should not be a very natural and useful and common ground for college coaches to go recruiting. College coaches don't go recruiting at high schools, though. They don't go to high school matches. This is Think about it. Football, they go to high school football games to watch. Basketball, you go to high school basketball games. I guess now there's AAU recruiting and all that. Baseball, you go to high school baseball. I even saw a professional scout out at a local high school baseball game recently watching a catcher, watching a pitcher. And I was going, whoa, we don't have that in high school tennis. High school track meets, high school golf, high school None of them are as dormant and as, what do I want to say, ready for something to happen. I, I don't want to, lifeless might be the word, but folks, and, and if you're a high school coach out there, look, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not being critical for a bad reason. There's so many mistakes being made, though, that would be so simple to, to tone up. If you are in charge of any high school programs out there in the United States, if you're listening to my program, first thing right now is you've got to make it more like an orchestra where quality is being pursued and not like a band where participation is being pursued. And if you listen to my program, you know what I'm going to say, that participation does not and never will breed excellence. Participation alone does not breed anything except more mediocrity, and it will not breed excellence. However, excellence will breed participation. In other words, if you have a great concert band, excuse me, if you have a great orchestra, a concert orchestra, you will develop great bands. 
But just having a band will never give you a great orchestra. As college coaches, college coaches want to go out and see those people that are very refined with their skills. You don't see it in high school tennis teams. The high school players who could be there, should be there, would be there if it was a viable way of improving your tennis are at academies. They're being coached individually and privately, but they're not being coached in high schools. Now, that being said, there are programs, high, Florida High School Tennis used to be one of the top recruiting trips that I would make in my many years when I coached at Clemson. Many years, I would go to high school down in Tampa area to the Florida High School State Tournament, and boy, oh boy, you would see 10 would-be, will-be, or going-to-be pros in the making there. And I would have to fight for those players along with many of the ACC, SEC, and other coaches that would come down and watch. The state of New Jersey, I've made the trip up there often uh, back in my earlier days. New Jersey is full of great athletes. Oh, what a competitive arena that is up there. The high school tournament used to be one of the best, and you would have the best players playing it. <clears throat> Texas, I've already you know, given them the accolades or the praise that I should. I've been up to the Indiana State High School Tournament that runs an individual tournament before to watch. And uh, Indiana, golly, you guys, if you're from Indiana, what the heck are you thinking going to the class system in your basketball? Oh, my golly, has that diluted and polluted and uh, messed up the greatest basketball state in the country. Kentucky and Indiana, I don't know if Kentucky still has a only a one – class of basketball tournament or not but Kentucky Indiana were the last but that class system is is not is not uh, really going to ever produce what it needs to gives a lot of participation trophies to the tweeners and the people who really aren't going to be that good and tries to make them feel good about their activities but the participation trophies do not breed excellence participation never breeds excellence so high school tennis, first of all, let's make it a viable thing. How do you do that? Your format, first of all, never, ever, ever, ever use no ad scoring. You have five breakdowns. Think, think about this breakdown about competition in tennis. First of all, you have tournaments, then you have matches, breaking down to what? Sets, breaking down to games, breaking down to points. The tragedy in some of our governing bodies that well actually they're not they call themselves governing bodies they are service organizations the ITA and the USTA are supposed to be service first service first they the mistake they have made in in breaking tennis and trying to make it shorter think about this very simple to understand you have tournaments you have matches you have sets you have games you have Points. They could take tournaments and make them shorter, okay? Maybe matches, maybe sets, but you never take apart the game to four win by two, to 15, 30, 40 game or add in, add out. You never, ever, ever make it a seven-point game. Could you imagine the same in baseball where 
We go baseball tournaments, baseball games, baseball innings, baseball at bats. And whoa, whoa, we want to make it we want to make it shorter. So what do we do? Let's go to the at bats. Three balls, two strikes, and you've got to be done with seven pitches. What? What? Seven pitches per batter. That's all. That's all. We got to shorten it. Could you imagine the bastardization of the game of baseball? We have bastardized tennis by doing this. Could you imagine if I'll make an extreme? The next thing in order to shorten it would be we got to shorten the points. You have to have the rally over within six, five hits, five, five balls hit. Folks, it, it's, it's awful. But, again, whenever you have centralized government running things and they think they know better, and the shameful thing is, even if they did know better, 149 years, what? You just make an executive decision. What? You do it by committee. You don't even take votes. What? You don't even go to coaches. You just go to marketing people. Are you kidding me? No wonder our sport's in trouble. No wonder. Centralized government. They can't do it. It's up to the people. High school coaches, you need to stand up and speak out. First of all, your format. You need to play traditional tennis. And if you can't play complete matches, look, play mini sets to five. Traditional scoring, though, in the game. In the game. You must have games to four, win by two. The UTR folks, is going to just take over all the rankings pretty soon. If your kids don't have a UTR ranking, they need to look it up and get one. Rating. It's a rating, a UTR rating, universal tennis rating. Look it up. It's more accurate. Coaches, college coaches are looking at this way more than they are rankings. It will be completely taking over the whole ball of wax here very soon. And But the point is, is that with ratings, kids become motivated. Rankings, they don't. And I don't want to go there on this, but with the UTR, people who work in the UTR told me they are only credible if you play games to four, win by two, which is the normal scoring system in the games. High school tennis, let's get it together, and, and let's, let's get a format. Check out Texas, probably the best. They have a short team format. You can do whatever you want to in that team format, read, breed team camaraderie. But then in the spring, they have a system of tournaments that are tough tournaments and tournaments that all the players want to play. And guess what? You have the team in the fall. College, listen to this too. You have the team in the fall, tournaments in the spring. Players get ready. You'd, have that, you'd be able to have great weather for your team matches in the fall. And then guess what? In the spring, you play tournament tennis kids would springboard into the summer playing tournaments and be ready to go. We do it backwards, and we have some marketing people. The marketeers get the heck out of rulemaking. You're just messing it up. High school tennis, you're a sleeping giant. Let's get it together. Sleeping giant number two, rural tennis, small town tennis, USA. Small town tennis, do you know that 42, excuse me, not 42, it's 72% of all professional athletes come from towns and cities less than 50,000 people. Now, we, the, in their infinite 
I'm, uh, I don't want to hack on them too much, but USTA, are you listening to me? Where's all your money gone in the last recent years? Inner city tennis, inner city tennis, inner city tennis. Small town kids want to stand out and get out. They want sports so that they can they play football, basketball, baseball because they can get a scholarship and get out and, and move to a bigger place and, and get moving. There's They need sports a lot in small towns. Inner city tennis is tough. It's just tough to get people excited about it. Uh, it's more in tune for football, basketball. Come on, I grew up inner city, Indianapolis. I used to have to hide my racket. You know, I'm glad I played the football and the basketball and the baseball and the others, but I used to have to hide my racket. As kids, I I went back after I was 30 years old and I saw in a restaurant, I saw one of my old classmates say, Creasy, you still playing that sissy sport tennis? And I said, I'm still in there. And the guy just laughed. He goes, ah, ah, ah. Well, that sissy sport tennis has been very good to me. And it's a fantastic sport. And if they anybody gets out to play it, you ever take a football or basketball player out to play the sport of tennis for the first time, they are amazed at how hard it is. Yes, it's it's one of the hardest sports. It's one of the best sports. Rural small town tennis, USA. What do we need? We need a leader. Every small town in America, if you're from small town, we need you to stand up, speak out. One person with energy is worth hundreds. We need you to stand up, have a vision of what you might do. Now, here's here. Let me tell you what you might do. Go to local colleges or colleges within 100 miles. See the see the coach and say, Coach, you got anybody that's your number seven or eight player or six, seven or eight player here that'd be interested in teaching tennis this summer in my community center? Hang with me now. Always you have players that play five, six, seven, eight, nine on a, high, a college team. They don't want to go work in a factory. They don't want to shovel dirt. They don't want to do ugly jobs. They would like to be teaching tennis maybe. So here's what you do. Get them a couple hundred bucks a week, folks. Get them a couple hundred bucks a week. Bring them to your community center. Get Pay a little bit of money. They can get insured through one of the associations very, very simply for the summer. Get them insured. Then what you do is you cut them loose and say, look, create energy here. We've got all these kids are hanging out playing video games. Hey, we've got these kids riding the bench in baseball and football. We've got these kids not doing anything. Create some energy. and Cut them loose and do the work. You would be amazed what might happen couple things happen. You get energy towards tennis in your community. On top of that, that young person, that young man, that young college woman, they end up learning how to create energy, to teach, and to run their own programs. You pay them a, you pay them a salary, you know, from the community center. You do it for six or eight weeks. I'm telling you, it will work. This is my T3 idea, my total tennis training idea, look, get one of my books, Coaching Tennis, if you need it. It'll tell you how to do this. My winning tennis book is a textbook that can be used in colleges or high schools or in community programs. 
Get one of my books. It'll tell you how to teach and what to do. But Small Town Tennis USA, this is my thought. This is Coach, uh, one of my very good friends, past high school coach, Coach Dan Volk. His and my ideas, and we'd like to get some pilot programs going up there. So high school tennis, number one, rural tennis in the small towns. Come on, folks. We've got to get some of these kids doing, doing things other than video games in the summer but it'll work. Sleeping giant number three. Sleeping giant number three. Do you know that when you get out of college, there is almost nothing in the way of tournaments for you to play. The age group 22 to 35 is a nothing right now. Nothing. There's no tournaments out there. Years ago, they used to have the U.S. amateur tournaments. They even gave gold balls and things. But in their infinite wisdom, our USTA figured, well, you know, we're not going to get pros out of this group. So what they do is you have even college players play for college, and they hang up the racket for 15 or 20 years, and then they come back out in some of the adult leagues and things like that. However, how good would it be if we had money tournaments? Listen, money events. Look, right now there's an NCAA rule. I've got it right here on the door. It says NCAA rule on tennis prize money. You're allowed to make up to 10000 bucks a year now. Just got to get all your receipts and everything. But tennis players can make up to 10000 bucks a year. Did you all know that? Wow, I couldn't believe it when I read this rule. It was made on, let's see, rule 12.4.2.3.1. It's, uh, wow, wow. Look, 22 to 35-year-old events do UTR events. You can run UTR tournaments. Run the uh, small-town Georgia, small-town Indiana, small-town Tennessee, the, uh, you know, the small, you know, Kingsland, Georgia, or wherever the place is. Run a city championship. One of you get out there and get it going. Run a city championship. But I'm telling you, our, our players, 22 to 35, young professionals trying to get their businesses going. They can play in the evenings. We can do tournaments. Don't do no ad. It's as boring as watching paint dry. No ad is the most boring thing in the world because there is no drama. Drama intensifies as the match gets longer. Excitement dwindles with each occurrence. There's not one person, as much as some people complain about that long Isner and uh, what's his name, uh, Kevin, uh, uh, the South African young man, uh, as much as people complain, oh, it's too long, it was too long, there's not one person that shut it off. Everybody watched that, Djokovic and Kevin Anderson, Kevin Anderson, I'm sorry, Apologize, just lost off the top of my tongue. Kevin Anderson, nobody turns off a match when it's long. Nobody turned off the semifinal match between Nadal and Djokovic because it was long. Drama intensifies, but 22 to 35, folks, is, is the age we're losing players. They need exercise, too. Why play tennis your whole life and then all of a sudden, whoop, I'm 22 years old, I'm 20. I just gone to college. Oh, I joined a club. 
and get all of a sudden I'm not going to play anymore. It just kills us. So three, that's number three. So we have high school tennis. Get the format right, do the teams the right way, and uh, folks, you'll have a winner right away with that. We've had a winner for years, and now it's dormant. And, oh, gosh, one thing I forgot in high school tennis, you've got to cut the no-cut tennis. <laughs> the worst thing you could ever do is have participation when people don't have to try. And, and if people don't get cut, it's not worth a flip. Whenever you make everybody a winner, nobody's a winner. When no one's a loser, everybody's a loser. And that's the truth of the matter. But we've got to change something there. Rural tennis, small town tennis USA is the second sleeping giant, third sleeping giant. 22 to 35-year-olds, let's have money events, UTR events there for them. Group number four, number four, folks, our older people are going to this pickleball. Come on, give me a break. People were pickleball, boy, that's a winner. That excites me, pickleball. Well, the fact of the matter, the reason they are is older people have a harder time running. They play doubles, but there's no singles event there that it made. Tennis just gets harder. You can use a more narrow court. For singles, but how about trying one-on-one doubles? Coach Ed Crafts, look up one-on-one doubles. Coach Ed Crafts has a game in place for 20 years. He's been promoting it all over the country. One-on-one doubles. You can play singles half of the doubles court, cross court, and you play just like before. And you can do lots of tactical things, but bottom line, older folks, you don't have to run. Use UTR ratings. In ranking ratings, use UTR and have a one-on-one doubles. Um, folks, that would be and, – and think about it. We're cut – part of the reason we're hurting, do you know that we only have 27,000 active tournament players in the junior ranks? 27,000 in the whole United States. Are you kidding me? 27 well, – are you kidding me? We have that many soccer players probably in Atlanta. But tournament players that play more than three, two or three tournaments a year, we only have 27,000. That's appalling. But then they go to college, and guess what? International players dominate our college ranks. Folks, it's okay. It's okay. It's all right. You know, I mean, it's, some of the players have contributed so much, but not 80%. We shouldn't have 80% of our college scholarships going to international players, should we? And, it, and it, it's we've got to do something there. We need to do it with incentivizing those American teams. Boy, USTA sure could help there. You guys sure could help. Incentivize those All-American teams. Really do something there. Have an All-American, All-American team. And you can do that, USTA, if you really want to become a service organization. I'm not saying get rid of the foreign kids. and you know I'm not saying that. But we've got to incentivize Americans in the college scene, first of all. So no wonder we're in trouble. 27,000 kids playing high school ten- or playing tournament tennis. And, and the, the numbers of high school tennis are not really tennis players. They play the game. You can play the game of tennis, but they're not tennis players. That's sort of like you can go to school every day and never be a student. You can play piano every day and never be a musician. We get kids to play tennis in the spring and dump it. We need tennis players. I bet 100% of you out there have been bowling one or two times. But very few are bowlers. 
And uh, there's a big difference in all the respect in the world to people get good at any sport, and bowling's one of them. But we need to make tennis players. Rural Tennis, Small Town Tennis USA, I've been through that. 22 to 35, we need money tournaments for youngs for people coming out of college, young professionals. UTR tournaments would go great. 55 and over, look at Ed Crass's one-on-one doubles would be great. Number five, the most important. I left this for last. Number five in the sleeping giant is you, you and me. We have got to get off of our rear end, and we have got to go out and stimulate interest. Next week, I have a lady from Somerville, South Carolina, that is doing a fantastic job, and I'm going to have her on the program to explain what she does and how she does it and how she gets people excited about tennis. Without her, we would have probably only have half of the people playing in town. But she, what do, what do you want to call the Pied Piper, the, the person, the energizer, the person who gets it all done? Usually it's like 10% of the, 90% of the fish and 10% of the river. 10% of the people do 90% of the work usually, don't they? This is one of those people. But you and I need to stand up, speak out. We need to take charge and go do the things that we need to do to to rebuild, not to rebuild, just to wake up our sleeping giants out there, our sleeping giants. But um, with all the respect in the world to our centralized government organizations, remember, USTA and ITA, you are service organizations. 70 80% of your money and your resources should go to, at service. Otherwise, everybody becomes a servant of you. And, 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 and those are strong words, I know. But unless you are a service organization, you are forcing people to be servants of you. And servitude will not work in the United States of America. It won't work. It never has worked. Servitude will not work. You must give. You must serve others. You have to give away your resources or else they will never amount to a hill of beans. We've got to do a job. We've got to resurrect tennis, and every one of us are involved. And, golly, am I running out of time already? Gee, willikers. Well, I, I just, look, in a week or so, next week, next Wednesday, we'll have a great program for you. I want you to remember to listen to Coach J.P. Weber's We Coach Tennis, Coach uh, Randy Blumendahl's Coach's Corner, and Coach John Denise's um, uh, Tennis Blessings. Uh, I'm Coach Chuck. Green in America.
And it's Coach Chuck Creasy, and I always end the program by reminding you that you're in the process of winning or losing every day of your life. And it has very little to do with a win or with a loss. You can only do this by giving and serving to other people. You will never get a reward. You will get a win or a loss when you go after things, but you will never get the rewards from what it really matters and it will not it will not serve you in the long run to not serve other people. You have to work with that youngster that is right there in front of you. And I want you all to remember that if you can. My website again is chuckcreasy.net. That's chuckcreasy.net. K R I E S E. And folks, we will see you next week. And this has been American Tennis. Thanks very much for listening today.